0: There is something in me that says, "Well, I've got to get right on that. I've got to do that, you know, this next summer. I can't wait because um, what if I get too old and walk even more slowly than I do now?" And do you ever do you feel that sense of urgency?
1: I definitely feel that sense of urgency. I also comfort myself by saying that, well, we that we read all the time that eighty is the new fifty. Uh, and or i meant, sixty or sixty, uh, and I believe there's a little bit of truth in that based on eyeball uh, the world around us, but i uh, so i'm I, I do feel we still have some time, uh, but I also recognize that uh, eighty six is the new eighty five and that it all comes to a crashing halt at some point.
0: That was my husband Sam and me. I'm Debbie Weil, and this is the Bold Age Podcast. Welcome back to Season 6, where we're talking about moving from midlife into old age, what that means and what it's really like. It's a transition that requires boldness and honesty, because we live in a society that denigrates and devalues old age, so it's hard to admit to being an old person. For this episode, I invited my husband, our most popular recurring guest, back onto the show. Sam is known for his dry humor. In addition to his medical expertise, he's a retired physician. You'll hear our usual kibitzing, but we both agree that something has happened in the last year or two. Both Sam and I, to our surprise, have entered the land of the old in our early 70s. We both looked quite young for our age, even a decade ago, so it's a bit of a shock. Before it's too late is now a common phrase for both of us. We also talk about the current demographic shift to an aging society, the fact that we are living in a gerontocracy when you look at our leaders in Congress and the Senate and President Biden, and the current research on how to slow aging and whether it's too late for us to benefit from it. Let's jump right in so you can hear more from Sam. Sam, welcome back to the show.
1: Well, I'm glad to be here. It's been We've had to overcome some technical difficulties to make this happen.
0: Uh, we have, we have. And uh, that's frustrating. I suppose it's uh, part of life.
1: Uh, life in the 21st century, for sure.
0: So our topic today is the acceleration of aging or certainly between the ages of 60 to 70, and I want to get your thoughts on that. You told me recently that when you look in the mirror, you can see your telomeres fraying. Explain that to us. How is that possible?
1: Well, I'm embarrassed to say it started by when I was reviewing some photographs from 10 years ago when we had traveled to Madagascar, and I looked at those photographs, and I looked at myself, and I said holy mackerel, we are aging faster than I'd expected. That was the fastest, most dramatic leap forward in terms of a decade that I can remember. So, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say that I dwell on these things because I don't really, but I would if I didn't try to ignore them. So, you know, I get up every morning, I look out at the ocean and I say, well, let me just get this this smudge off my glasses, but it turns out that it's not a smudge; it's my cataracts that are causing the distant vision changes so that's how this started
0: well what what do you make of that? I mean one thing that quickly comes to me is that um for whatever reason, you and I have both been kind of remarkably young looking for a long time, so even age fifty, even age so we sixty, thought, yeah well, you know, I'm mean, just looking at the photos. I mean, so what is there, you know, is there a medical physiological basis for this that aging accelerates?
1: Yes, uh, I might not phrase, phrase it properly. But the way I think of it is that as we live, the longer we live, the more we accumulate typographical errors in our DNA as it's replicated. And at some point, as our DNA and RNA are replicated, those typographical errors uh, take on a life of their own and sort of become self self. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not perpetuating, but in fact, speeding up. So,
0: so Ooh, building think, building on one another. I mean, sort of almost yeah. like a mathematical thing, right? A snowballing effect. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of a mathematical thing uh, if we could understand mathematics, we'd be able to explain it. But
0: <laughs> Well, I'm sure you understand mathematics better than I do. I used but, to. Well, I, but, you know, I think there might be another reason, and that is that my father, who's 92, is really declining all of a sudden. And when I go to visit him, I mean, I look at him, and it's just this blunt reminder that old age looks very debilitated and he's only 21 years older than I am and so because that's happening right now it's sort of like looking in the mirror and and uh, feeling a sense of shock like I'm I've left my youth behind and I'm moving very rapidly towards what looks like a very old and frankly not very happy uh, old old age and there's something about that happening right now you know at age 71 it's kind of odd most people, find their parents declining and dying um, when they're a good deal younger. Uh, say, when you're 50, that's probably more typical. And when I think you don't really think of yourself as old. So now that I'm thinking of myself as old and looking at my my father, it's a very um, sobering experience.
1: It is. It's a corridor of mirrors. And the, luck, the uh, benefit of having somebody die slowly is the opportunity to Reconnect with them, but the The problem with dying slowly is that it's an unfortunate thing to watch
0: Yeah, I've been reflecting on that this sort of the vigil of watching an elderly parent decline and die um, I shouldn't it's, say it's,
1: unfortunate. It's uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I mean it's <clears throat> it's a If the person if the parent doesn't die suddenly it's it's a surprisingly long vigil and it's very disconcerting I mean, I've been doing some reading about this and one uh, interesting tidbit I picked up is that um, often adults feel angry when their parents uh, get old because it's almost like a betrayal. Like the parent was supposed to be vital and strong and um, in charge and then all of a sudden they're not and one feels, or one could feel like it's a betrayal. There's There's a lot of, Things going on, I think, emotionally. Um,
1: well, that's beyond me.
0: That's beyond you. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so you said you looked in the mirror and you saw your telomeres fraying, but that you also were extremely active this past summer uh, working at a housing site that um, you've been involved in doing really manual labor. So, did you notice anything then about how you felt physically?
1: well i had the, I had a positive experience in the sense that I worked four, six, eight hours a day doing manual labor and felt good about it and felt um, surprisingly good about it as opposed to exclusively doing exercises and tracking myself uh, on a exercise bike or or some other contrived enterprise. This really made me feel as if, wow! I've had a really tiring day. I'm going to sit back and enjoy my beer, and I'm going to get ready for the next day tomorrow. Of course, the difference is I'm not. I'm doing it on a, on a volunteer basis, so I'm not counting on it to pay my rent, and I don't have to worry about missing a day or, or if I, if I do put my back out, which I didn't, uh, I don't have to work under
0: duress right well so so that, that was overall positive well you forgot to ask me how how i might be feeling about um the acceleration of aging should i answer that
1: well let me ask how are your telomeres doing
0: <laughs> well i have to say i don't have the same x-ray vision that you do i can't actually see it in the mirror other than just looking older but
1: well i've practiced medicine longer than you have
0: it exactly but i but i do notice just getting down on the floor in the morning to do my yoga exercises is is more difficult than it used to be it's um you know creaking joints and a little painful and that's i've been sort of astonished by that
1: well that's the difference between doing it uh as a contrived exercise like yoga which of course is very good because you have to do that to maintain some flexibility and doing it because you're trying to put together an IKEA cabinet on the floor and you're getting up and going down and getting up and getting down and going, et cetera, and you're doing it with an endpoint in sight that is unrelated to your physical aches and pains.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think part of it is I don't think I was ever that terribly aware of my body in the sense of being aware of aches and pains i just didn't notice them and i've heard people talk about that as they get older and i always say, well that's not me that's not for me but anyway now i do feel that the other thing i feel is more of a mental sense of um it's this phrase that keeps coming to me as in before it's too late you know i've got to do this or that before it's too late and you know one thing is we've taking a couple of trips with grandchildren um, and we have more grandchildren to look forward to, to take trips with. And there's something in me that says, wow, I've got got to get right on that. I've got to do that, you know, this next summer. I can't wait because um, what if I get too old and walk even more slowly than I do now? And do do you ever, do you feel that sense of urgency?
1: I definitely feel that sense of urgency. I also, comfort myself by saying that well we that we read all the time that eighty is the new fifty uh, and i'm sixty or sixty uh and I believe there's a little bit of truth in that based on eyeball uh, the world around us but i uh, so i'm i I do feel we still have some time uh but I also recognize that uh 86 is the new 85 and that it all comes to a crashing halt at some point and We both have to thank the stars that we don't have a chronic illness yet. I mean nothing serious and uh, Therefore we can look ahead with optimism and we're going to make it for uh, At least through the three grandchildren, right? The, the remaining grandchildren for trips. I'm pretty sure um,
0: Wait, but I have a question. Yeah, so just but you know, moving this out a little broader than just you and me, it does seem to be true that old age is different. Um, that you know, people in their sixties and seventies today are um, not old the way they were fifty years ago. So there are some very observable differences. What what are your thoughts on that? I mean, how is that? How can that be true, and why?
1: well it's true because there are have been medical advances that keep people going uh longer at less expense uh than in the past so now people can have heart valves replaced without major surgery joint replacement has been very important in terms of <clears throat> keeping people quote young and uh more active and the more active we are the slower our aging process happens so uh even though i maintain that uh, joint replacements late in life are a mistake uh joint replacements as needed in a uh, at a younger age really do prolong activity and promote
0: right
1: uh, promote good health
0: i mean joint that uh, reply at 60 or 70. Wait now. This is now. I've forgotten what I was going to ask you next, but it was terribly important. Welcome
1: to my world.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> well, I'll pick up from okay. there. Okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I think joint replacements at age sixty are great. I think joint replacements at age eighty are a mistake. I have avoided joint replacements, even though my knees don't function uh, the way I want them to. I've downgraded my uh, activities and try and remain active in those forms of exercise that my knees allow
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I worry that I'm moving toward a joint replacement but at age 72 I'm also moving toward the gray zone that where maybe that shouldn't happen mm-hmm. because my 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 philosophy is you replace a joint then you put more strain on uh, you suddenly start putting more strain on your next your, your other joints and then those need to be at to. So
0: wait, wait. Remember, remember what I was going to say. Oh, good. It was that. Um, uh, so it is true that modern medicine has increased what we call health span, if not lifespan, and that is interesting. And I think that is what—that's the difference between you know, fifty years ago, if someone were sixty or sixty-five, they were really old, and that doesn't seem to be as true today. Uh, another question: We we are living in,
1: but we still. Fall off the lifespan cliff. Our health span is better, but we compress our morbidity uh, and fall off the lifespan cliff at the end. So right. I
0: mean, remind, don't then,
1: get too excited.
0: I know. And compressing morbidity means the time in which you are. It, it really um, is a, ill. Or tell us again what that in, in plain language. What what's for morbidity?
1: You mean should I use a heuristic? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's yeah, I can put that in the show notes. Yeah, okay. heuristic, H-E-U-R-I-S-T-I-C. Yeah, uh, go ahead.
1: It's the... No, I don't know how to use it. It's the... As the, the health span increases, but it just approaches the, the biologically determined lifespan, which is increasing much more slowly. So we basically drop off a cliff... Ideally, faster than if we didn't promote our health span.
0: So it it
1: slows the downward curve.
0: Yeah, and the the time during which we are plateau
1: at which we're relatively healthy, and then we fall off the cliff.
0: Right. So the I think the the morbidity refers to the time at which you are disabled, like my father. However, we're seeing in his case a long, slow decline, and it's. it's, it's distressing. So it's, it's, these things are, you know, lies, damn lies and statistics and averages. It's, it's hard to yeah. puzzle through. them. I mean, we all have yeah. our own sort of very narrow perception of from where we sit, but yeah. it yeah. can be well, different for other people. I would right.
1: be interested I'm in just reflecting. It's been, I would say a year and a half since I said, you know, your father's frailty implies imminent death. Um, I watched my mother die over about nine months and didn't feel the anguish that I felt watching my father die over two years. Or longer. Or slightly longer. And your father's going on the year and a half. So I think in my own mind, I am able to tolerate the idea. I am able to accept um, comfortably watching somebody die slowly over let's say six to nine months. But after, as it starts to drag out, uh, I get uncomfortable with it. I am not, it seems unnatural and it seems, and i I feel that I wouldn't want to be in that position. So
0: that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, I guess on the other hand is how can you control all that? But I have a different question. Um, You know, we are living in an aging society. The demographics are quite stunning that by 2030, there'll be more people over 65 than under 18 or just in generally younger. Um, That's really kind of an astonishing thought. And then the corollary is that we're living in a gerontocracy when we look at um, the leaders in the House and in the Senate. Um, You know, Nancy um, well, Diane Feinstein, who just died at age 90, but was really debilitated for a couple of years. And then Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell are in their 80s. Um, th- there's something, it's it's hard to make sense of that, because that is simply a fact. And, and President Biden is whatever he is.
1: Well, don't get me started on people staying in their jobs too long.
0: I know, but uh, what? That, how does that relate to uh, us and our feelings of... What does this mean about old age? Is it like okay to be in the U.S. Senate and be really old because uh, you're not that... The staff that's doing all the work for you? Or because you're not that... Because, you know, maybe 82 is not that old. Or is it? I mean, what about all this discussion about... 82 is
1: old. 82 is old. If you want to stay in a job like that, uh, give people advice, but don't don't be responsible. Don't be the one who makes the final decisions. Succeed... uh, your position to a younger person. The fact that the world is aging, at least the Western world is aging so fast, and I guess Japan and probably other Asian countries have some aging issues, uh, is just another anxiety for all of us to deal with in a world that's on fire in terms of global warming, facing catastrophic sea level rise in our little community struggling with opioid addiction, dealing with wars. Right, hold on, hold on. Am I getting too far afield? Well,
0: you're just... just,
1: So demographically, um, aging is just... uh, An aging world is just another giant problem for us to deal with.
0: Right. Well, I mean, just to get back to President Biden for a minute, I mean, there's something odd about us sort of feeling uncomfortable, uh, or at least for me, saying, oh gosh, you know, I am old because I'm about to be 72, uh, and yet, you know, I'm not really that old because I'm not 80 and I'm a baby boomer and it's hard for me to say I'm old, and then looking at President Biden, how old is he now, 70, 78, how old is he?
1: Um, he's 80, isn't or, he? Or he's 80,
0: just turned 80. And looking at him on TV and walking up and down the steps and um, his stiff gait and his gray, his white hair, and thinking, wow, he is old, but uh, I guess he's still with it enough that he's doing a good job. There's just a lot of different perceptions and misperceptions floating around about what old age is, what it should be, how is it different than it used to be, and the uncomfortable realization of just admitting, and maybe just saying it proudly, okay, I am old um back to climate change which you mentioned there's something about this um this sense of the acceleration of aging um that we've been talking about and then the acceleration of climate change and the um heating of our climate there's to me somehow those are twinned in my head and it it contributes to this sense of Disorder of global disorder. So specifically on the climate change thing, what are you? What are your? How are you experiencing that?
1: Unhappily, yeah. It's I. I feel very guilty that we're leaving a very unstable world to our grandchildren, and probably our children too, but uh, certainly our grandchildren.
0: And you don't very, see very anything unsettling. we can. You don't see anything we can do about it. At least right now.
1: Uh, On a major practical basis, uh, I don't see that we can make much of a difference as individuals. We can make a tiny difference, yes, uh, but we can't reverse it.
0: You know, I've been reading a lot about um, the current research being done on how to slow aging, not necessarily prolong life, but slow aging. Um, I interviewed a, a Brit author and scientist named Andrew Steele, and I'll put that link in the show notes. Um, Some months ago, he was fascinating. A recent cover story in the Economist is called "Living to 120 is becoming an an imaginable prospect," Um, and that's also about this science of um, studying and understanding. Well, hold on, how to either slow or reverse aging, and it so. I guess what I'm saying is that is a fact, that is happening. And But my question to you is, do you think we're just too old to, at this point in our 70s, to benefit from whatever will come out of this current research on how to slow aging? Or do you think that there might be something five years from now, some pill we can take, or what's your thought on that?
1: Well, my thought is that by the time the pill is available, we will be too old to benefit by it, and it will be more than five years before a pill is available. Whatever they're doing that is extending the life of worms from one week to two weeks, uh, and I'm not talking about earthworms, I'm talking about microscopic nematodes, uh, whatever they are doing to extend the life of worms is not going to translate to extending the life of humans uh, before it's too late for me. And I'm quite comfortable with that and quite happy saying
0: that. Yeah. So, this whole meme about living to be a hundred, I mean, I think I know what you're gonna say is it it's not that it's ridiculous. it's just that from what we can well, see, I, I'd
1: be happy to call it ridiculous
0: oh, okay, well, but for what we can see, looking at my dad at age ninety two living to one hundred just doesn't sound so great, so in order for I guess our youngest grandchild is six. If he is most likely going to live to 100, I mean, I guess my big question is: Will they have increased health span enough in however many years, many decades that is, that that'll be a good thing? I mean, what's your thought about that? It's it's not. I mean, you don't. I know you don't want to live to be 100, but looking down the road, 70, 80 years from now, do you not think that that could be an okay thing? That it might be sort of you still feel fairly healthy? or What what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, if he if the poor kid lives to be 100 and he has to live underground in a cave to hide from the heat or has to live in a solar, um, Buckminster Fuller type, hexahe, he hexa you know, uh dome, yeah. if he has to live in a Buckminster Fuller dome, uh, I'm not sure that's the life I would want to, wish on him but of course uh, the good news is i won't be wishing that on him he'll be doing the best he can with whatever he's got
0: right well this turn this has taken a very pessimistic turn it was but i guess it started out that way because we talked about the acceleration of aging but um there's got to be some silver linings uh well first of all we're still here and we have our grandchildren but wait
1: a minute do you hear that in the recording what I think Island Workforce Housing is calling me.
0: Okay, hold on. That's, I know that's your project where you want to go work. So, but here's a here's a more positive question. Um, I
1: hope that doesn't show up in the recording. You yeah, have a hard right. time editing it out.
0: Right, right. Well, we'll put that. Your go project is Island Island wonderful. Sam, 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 please. So what? So, um, on a, a to end on a positive note, what are you looking forward to? in this uh, next year or even next decade, but other new projects, new interests, on a very and a positive, optimistic, um, I'd like to end there, so tell us.
1: I'm looking forward to starting the next Island Workforce Housing project. I'm looking forward to selfishly traveling with my grandchildren, and I've got a couple of, and with my, yeah, uh, I've got a couple of selfish trips that I'm looking forward to, and there we are
0: i th- I thought you told me recently that you possibly had a writing project in mind, but
1: um we'll see how I fit that in yeah,
0: okay, well, let's just say that we the aging is accelerating and we're uh, but it's okay. we're doing the best we can yeah now onward, okay, onward. onward. And that's it for this episode of The Bold Age Podcast. Help us spread the word. Tell a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you have a comment or question, send it to thebolderpodcast at gmail.com. I promise to respond. Till next time, I'm Debbie Weil.